Why didn't you name your band the Mountain Goats after a cooler animal? Like the mountain lions. No, I don't. I think mountain goats are the coolest animals because they can climb nearly vertical surfaces and then mm -hmm. in their arrogance, they will start to jump ravines that they can't actually make, but they look at the far cliff and go, I'm a mountain goat, I can do that. And so every year, many of them, I read this once, it could have been a lie, but every year, many of them will plummet to their deaths, having gone, ah, who can't? So you named your band yeah. after an animal that has suicidal pride. Yeah, that's, that's, about the, that's about the shape of it. <laughs>
We're here today to talk about the mountain goats. Yes. Mm. We are going to make it through this podcast if it kills us. It will. Um, actually, before before we get before we get started, I need to uh, introduce a, a new brief segment called "I Think You'd Be Accurate," where I have to correct a couple things I said last week that were just wildly wrong. Okay. Um, so last week, uh, when I was talking about the Grateful Dead, I was talking about uh, the Betty Boards, which were these lost recordings that the band didn't have access to. I was under the impression that the woman who had taped them was just some, like, rando taper in the crowd. Turns out she was their sound person for, like, several years and, uh, like, was dating, I want to say Ramrod, one of the the Dead's roadies, um, and, like, did the sound for, like, American Beauty and, like, Working Man's Dead. So it was, like, actually, like, a legit figure in The Grateful Dead and kind of why all the recordings from that era sounded so good. And the reason the tapes were lost was, uh... Apparently, when you're involved with the Grateful Dead and you're a lady and you break up with someone in that scene, you're just out of the picture. And they didn't give a shit. So uh, Betty broke up with whoever she was dating and then fell on some really hard times. And the, the tapes were in a tape deck or were in a uh, storage locker, which got auctioned off to uh, a couple different people. And, like, one guy just bought a bunch of, like, road crates and then let the tapes decompose in a barn. Um, but the other the other two chunks of them got into collector's hands, and that's how they eventually got to the, the band uh, a few years ago. So I, I posted last week's episode on uh, a couple different jam band forums and was just waiting to get yelled at about fucking up that history. So I've now issued that correction. Now I just on, want to know one yes. thing. Our whole yeah. audience is asleep. Now. Um, was was Ramrod on that guy's driver's license? I am not. Is that a Christian name? Yeah, I don't know if Ramrod was his Christian name. Um, okay. uh, so on to today's topic at hand: uh, John Darnell and the Mountain Goats. Um, yes, who are basically the same thing. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah. It, it's 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 a catch-all. Depending uh, on what, depending on what, depending on what era, yeah, uh, he he's been the constant. Um, yeah, well, I mean, like before, it was literally he'd come out alone and go, "Hello, we're the Mountain Goats," and yeah. then now there's a band, so it doesn't look weird. But like the grammar didn't hasn't changed. No, not not at all. It was always it was always plural. There's just one guy. Yeah. Um. So. Why don't you, uh, you know, we, we have our guests uh, give their sort of 30-second elevator pitch on what is great about the topic. So why don't you tell us why you love the Mountain Goats? Sure. Um, so I, I listen to your show a lot, so I'm ready for this. Mountain <laughs> oh, thanks, Goats boo. are a uh, singer-songwriter, John Darnell, first started solo, now has a whole backing band, um, has had about 20 albums, is stripped down, uh, acoustic rock with great musicianship, beautiful lyrics, and has a signature talent for taking the grimmest, bleakest parts of life and either turning them into something fun or showing how, even though it's terrible, we're all in it together. So he takes, he starts at the worst moment and makes it into something good. Yeah. That that sounds that sounds about right to me. On a more personal note, I yeah. think Alex and I are both into them because he's the opposite of whimsy, and we both frown on whimsy. 
I'm allergic to it, so. Yeah, he's not enough of a Wes Anderson movie for me, so, like, I don't. Oh, I don't. You have a huge boner for him. Oh, I do. I, oh, you know, I absolutely do. Uh, he's uh, astonishingly good. Um, is that enough symmetric? There's not enough symmetrical plaid in Mountain Goat's video. <laughs> no, Ray Ray Fine is. There's hardly any. There's hardly any dollhouse. Like, no, hardly. Though though the, he did release that one B side with Ray Fine's doing some light comedy. So like you got a yeah. little bit of it. <laughs> I suppose. Um, Although uh, oddly enough, like you're kidding, but movie wise, he just put out a song about Episode Eight. The Jedi who eats the other. All the Jedi's oh. and he eats. Oh, Wait, he so is. Brandon Jedi is obsessed with that Jedi song. Yeah, I, I am completely so obsessed with the ultimate Jedi who wastes all the other Jedi and eats their bones. Um, Dude, it's a masterpiece. Well, and, and that song came about uh, the day they. Uh, Ryan Johnson, who's directing episode eight, directed uh, the Lupa. Mountain Goats. Uh, he directed the uh, Mountain Goats video for Woke Up New, which is a really cool video. Okay. Uh, that that is designed to look like it's all one take, um, but it's just moving in and out of mm-hmm. different like TV sets. Um, okay. Uh, he's he's directing uh, episode eight, and the day they announced the title, uh, John Darnielle tweeted like, "Well, my five year campaign to get Ryan to call the movie the Ultimate Jedi who wastes all the other Jedi and eats their bones has been a failure," mm-hmm. and then Ryan Johnson tweeted at him in all caps, "Write that song," <laughs> and so he did. <laughs> I think the turnover was like yeah. a day, if that. Yeah. Well, the, well, that's one of the things about Darnell that I that he's made mention of a lot is that all his way of writing, like he rewrites a lot, but he what you're hearing is as close to the original, just spark of whatever he had in the van idea as he can get. So, like for him, uh, I I wouldn't be surprised he wrote a great song in a day because that's the the proper turnaround for what he's doing. He he once said what I do is closer to improv than, you know, most songwriters would be. Yeah. You know, it's very, uh, very clear riffs and very, uh, you know, worked out uh, lyrics that don't have any fat on them. It's as close to that sense of immediacy as when he went, oh, shit, I got to write that song. So hence, Jedi Who Eat Their Bones came out. And uh, I love that song in particular because it kind of backs up my point about how uh, he'll take something really grim and make it kind of okay because that's the message of that song is basically death comes for all because he's saying hey you're a jedi you're about to get eaten by the other jedi or at least your bones and but that's okay we're all going there i mean it sucks but like you're not alone yeah and it's it's also got an incredibly funny turn the first like yeah, two verses really funny. yeah the first two verses are just this very like straight ahead like song about a jedi and loyalty and like doing your mm-hmm. best but then it has this really sharp turn to uh, mm-hmm. suddenly describing uh, a pile of bones uh, piled up like parsnips on his plate. It's oh, it's specifically their bones. Specifically, just their bones, which like makes me yeah. laugh every time. Um, so good, and and then the the bones, 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 bones. So good. Oh yeah, it's 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 got one of the dumbest um, choruses perhaps that's ever been written, um, but it yeah. rules. Stay true to the path, young Jedi. Cleave to the precepts you've been given. Remember those who went before and cleared a way for you. Let your deeds give hope and comfort to the living. 
that your deeds give hope and comfort to the living. Do your best in city or in swampland. Peace over anger, honor over hate. At the end of all your days, one Jedi waits for you. With the dust of Jedi bones piled high like parsnips on his plate. With the dust of Jedi bones piled up like parsnips on his plate. Specifically just their bones. All the soft parts you can keep. It's the bones that have the calcium, so he says. The long feast will be filmed for mass consumption. The cameras Ryan's got these days are unimaginably high res. Despair not for the end that waits for you. Fear not the fire in which your flesh must burn. All the Jedi from all the planets in this putrid universe get eaten by this last one and now it's your turn. They get eaten by this last one and now it's your turn. Bones, 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 bones. Bones, 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 bones. The ultimate Jedi who wastes all the other Jedi has eaten up all their bones. All their bones, 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 bones. And that brings me uh, to another uh, kind of corollary to what I was saying before is, uh, is that Jar Neal is in, in his lyrics and especially his Twitter. He's really, really funny. Oh, and he's I think hilarious. That, that goes a long way with me. That goes a long, long way with me. Also, let's tell our listeners, he's my newest Twitter follower. Oh, I know, you were so excited. You son of a bitch. I so was. If you don't tweet know, about this episode, right? we're going to be mad at you. Yeah. <laughs> I was like when Brian Stack I, from Conan started following me, and I was like, uh. Yeah, well, in classic me fashion, I wrote to him like, was this an accident? And he's like, no. And I was like, okay, then. Yeah. You, uh, in classic I, you fashion, will... you made it weird. Yes. Yes, I did. Um, That's kind of my thing. Yep. So, you know, let's, let's, uh, let's start early, I guess. Um, his first few albums were just him recording into, mm-hmm. like, a tape deck. Uh yeah. So they have like this weird like whirring sound that adds its own it, particular like there's something that that it doesn't quite match up with the song but there's something about it that works. Um, well, there every, every album before Tallahassee, every song opens a because it had this weird hum in the tape deck. Yeah, that happened, and he he actually put out way more than two albums like that. He put out at least like. Six or seven. Oh or yeah, there, and then there's a bu- there's a bunch of studio to Tallahassee. Yeah, I, um, I listened to a, a, a few of them preparing for this, I've, and I like the the old ones, but I think that once you hit Tallahassee, I think that's when it should get like really great because he it the the band opens him up to be a little more of a versatile songwriter than he's been when he's just alone. Even yeah. though those are really good out. Yeah. So if this sounds like it's on a tape deck, we're saying it's an homage. Yeah yes. <laughs> um if if there's weird interference, uh that's cause we're recording this into a four track uh cassette tape. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, one one hundred percent. It's not like a there's not a morass of cords and microphones on our kit and cat 
on our uh, kitchen table it's right now. It's not Stella, sorry. No. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there, there will be later, but for now, it's just yeah. Um, you know, I haven't I haven't delved too deep into the early stuff. I sort of mm-hmm. started with uh, Tallahassee, but uh, All Hail West Texas, which was I think, which was the final like tape tape deck record. Um, I think so. Yeah, is one of my favorite albums of his, and it has one of my absolute favorite songs, uh, the best ever death metal band uh, in Denton, which is a song about yeah. these two uh, metalhead kids in Texas who start a band, and then one gets sent off to like a correctional school, um, mm-hmm. and like it's it's a really smart song. It's re- like it's funny. It's really sad. And sort of like, yeah. uh, sort of like with the Ultimate Jedi, the chorus is just "Hail Satan," and like, yeah, I saw I saw him perform it. Actually, we were at the same show in in Brooklyn a few mm-hmm. years ago. Hearing an entire crowd yelling "Hail Satan" at the top of their lungs is the most fucking delightful thing. Oh yeah. When you punish a person for dreaming his dream, don't expect him to thank or forgive you. The best ever death metal band out of Denton Will in time both outpace and outlive you Hail Satan Hail Satan Tonight Hail Satan Hail, hail Oh, I can, I can do one one better their favorite song of mine no children which i'm sure oh, a lot of people i do oh, i yeah. love that the, song we talked about this i think this yeah. show where he was like running around on the table yes he the second time i saw him at city winery he just he just whispers something to the band and they're like shrugging they're like all right and i'm like what's gonna happen and he just walks under the table and just starts singing with no microphone and eventually everyone started singing it, and he was like conducting and oh yeah People are starting to take out their phones, and he's singing into their phones. Like, he's ready for everything, and I, I just love that about him, that he doesn't take him. He'll, A, think outside the box that way. Like, wouldn't it be fun if everyone closed my show? And also, he'll roll with whatever happens because he doesn't take himself all that seriously. Oh, yeah. Which leads back into him being funny because he's just like, hey, happy to be here. I have some grim thoughts. You guys seem to be liking it. Let's go, you know. You know, a, a, a few years ago, I'm not saying that John Hodgman has a semi-regular show at Union Hall and now Bell House no. in Brooklyn called it Secret a, Society. It was, a, it was a weather balloon. It was a weather balloon. It was swamp gas. It was swamp gas that just happened yes. to resemble a semi-weekly comedy variety show hosted by John Hodgman. Um, it, yeah, it was it was a weather balloon shaped like John Roderick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, that that I may or may not have attended pretty consistently for about a year and a half. Um, and I went to, I may or may not have gone to like three of them. Yeah. Three or four, uh, you know, allegedly. Um, but the mm, last one I yeah. went to before we moved to Los Check Angeles it. was right after Wolf and White Van had come out and which was, uh, his second novel or his second book, his first like real novel. The first one was this weird yeah. book about, uh, Black Sabbath's master of reality. Um, mm-hmm. and he, if this event happened and he was there, he played a couple tracks completely unmiked. Like it was just him and his guitar and just his voice filling Union Hall. And it was really amazing to see that like 
those songs and his voice are so powerful that he doesn't need to be amplified. Um, yeah, and if that if that show had happened, I would have been really mad that at the time I had to do a show in the fucking West Village for three people and said, oh, what's going to happen? John Darnielle will show up? Huh. What, then, what, what I'm pretty sure happened, I had told I you, there's a good the... chance John Darnielle will show up. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, I mean, I would have been like, well, I have to do that show for three people and I can't be a dick. Yeah. And then he did, may or may not have shown up, and that started my year-long trend of just missing the mountain goats. <laughs> and usually when you got to go. Um, though, you know, sp- speaking of uh, missing the mountain goats, um, we've both met John Darnielle, uh a couple different oh, times. Oh, yeah, I've met him a bunch of times. And without fail, he's like the sweetest guy. He is so nice. I The first time I, I met him a couple of times the first one that sticks out in my mind was i knew that he uh while being uh an atheist he's a big nerd about the bible just his literature yeah a, a yard sale a little pocket bible that i just took for myself like oh, i'll read that maybe and then i thought hey, give it to john darniel just so i can have an excuse to talk to him a little longer maybe he'll like that yeah i brought this for you got army jacket with like a hat low holding a Bible. I look like I was about to shoot John Darnielle. <laughs> yeah. We we call that um, we call that taxi driver chic. I yes. I was re- I was looking very Chapman, if you will. Um, <laughs> and I was like, "Hey." <laughs> and I go, "Hey, I, I I brought this for you." And he's like, oh, "The new prophecy edition." No, I got it in my pocket. And his hands went up and I was like, really happy oh my god and actually i think i met him after every show and he could not be nicer every time which for a man who can distill asshole characters like tallahassee is about a decaying decrepit marriage oh yeah he's very sweet and seems to be leading a very happy healthy life oh yeah you know he's seen some shit he was a drug addict for he's a drug addict for a minute for four or five years and you know which has its own album which is really good um but he's the nicest. Oh yeah, he, like he hugged you, which still kind of bothers me. Yeah, I, I was. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I went. That's to a, a different podcast. Yes. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. at uh, Cinefamily out here in LA, which is like my favorite place in Los Angeles. It it fucking rules. It's a it's a one screen movie theater with like couches, and they show all sorts of weird, old, uh, super indie movies. It's the fucking best. Go to Cinefamily if you ever come to Los Angeles. Um, and Sharpling and Worcester. Uh, which is the uh, comedy group uh, that the Mountain Goats drummer, John Worcester, is part of. Uh, they were screening this batshit crazy uh, documentary about competitive barbershop quartet singing. Um, I can't okay. remember what it's called right now, but it's the craziest thing I've ever seen. Um, and they did a Q&A afterwards, and uh, John Darnielle was one of the guests. And I just like... I had already brought one of my Mountain Goats records with me to get uh, Worcester to sign it. Um, but, like, I just, like, you know, tapped him on the shoulder in the, in the hallway. I was like, hey, would you sign my record? And then we wound up talking, and he, like, wanted to show me, like, the, the you know, the album art for Beat the Champ. And was just, like, super sweet. And then, like, yeah. gave me a hug. And I was like, oh, my God. my I, Like, I feel like the Grinch. Like, my heart has grown four or five sizes this day. <laughs> Yeah, that's that still burns me that that happened to you and not me. Like I'm <laughs> glad it happened to you. 
but it needs to happen to me more. Oh, yeah. Well, and also, like, meeting someone post-concert versus, like, post a thing that they're just a guest on is, is a little different. Um, yeah, because, I mean, the, men- the mental taxing that goes into a concert is oh yeah is way off. Um, also, there was a rumor that he was a huge germaphobe, which maybe he was and got over it, but, like... If he hugged you and shook my hand, we're filthy. Yeah, we're we're we're, we're dis- from Charlie Brown. Yeah, we're disgusting. We have all boys are. Gross. We have a cloud of just gases and solids around us at all times of questionable origin. Yeah. So, I guess maybe that's not true, or maybe he got over. I don't know. Who but. knows? But uh, so now, now let's move on to Tallahassee, uh, which okay. is the record that contains no children. Uh, which is, mm-hmm. I would say, his most, like, uh, the most popular Mountain Goats song. I'd say either that or This Year, probably. Um, I mean, those are usually, the, those two are the go-to closers. Yeah, th- those are the it's, those are the heavy hitters. Um, I yeah. like No Children because I like songs. Well, it's the whole reason I like Mountain Goats. So I, I was not into Mountain Goats for a very long time. Um, I just, I didn't, I was like, I don't, I don't know, this is all weird. And then I was listening to him, Brandon, um through the way he gets anybody to like anything, just kept playing it around me mm-hmm. um, until I became used to it and then was like, all right, these are actually pretty good. Can you make me a playlist of just the ones you think I'd like? So he did. <laughs> well, I made, you, I made you two. I made one that was like a really, like, I put a lot of time into like structure and tried to make it flow really well. And then I had another one that was just 30 songs, like crapped into a playlist. Yeah, well, that's the one I listened to. Yep. And then I cut it down what, to one. What one- just I could well, look it up. What did you pick for her? What but, did you pick for her? I'm, I'm curious. Um, I I'm, could look it up, but hold on, wait. Point of this is, I then called it down to just ones I like, so now I know about 15 Mountain Goat songs that I like a lot, and they're the ones I like because I am my favorite thing in a song is just a song that's just like I like bummer songs. I like songs that are like lyrically mm-hmm. complex and heartbreaking. Um, yeah. I'm a lyrics person less than a music person, which is why. Brandon and I have very different tastes in music. <laughs> but that's why I like No Children so much. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I'm i probably more lyrics than music, but I just appreciate... I mean, I don't... It, it's blurry because it's obviously part of part of music, but... Um, yeah, mu- music is no just the first thing because, I hear. Yeah, I, I love No Children because it's so dark that it's funny. And it's, you know, it's funny because you're laughing at how non self-aware these these two people in this horrible marriage are that it becomes absurd how how descriptive this guy or girl depending on uh which which member of that couple is talking is just laying into it's like i hate you so much i hope you die i hope we both die like oh I'll yeah take you down to, i'll take myself down with you i don't care oh yeah it's it's comically bleak um, yes, comically bleak is a good. Oh, uh, but, uh, and then we'll get back into Tallahassee. I have, a, uh, I, I have an answer for this, but I want to see what you guys think. I'm going to go to genre because I've done a lot of thinking about it. It's very hard. Um, that's a very good question. Um, because uh, I, 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 uh, what I figured out I was like, you know, they're acoustic. But like it's not like MTV Unplugged style, low key, whatever, and it's kind of punky, but it's not punk, and it's got some metal kind of uh, riffs, I would say but it's definitely not you metal. Put the Avid Brothers under the same place. Oh yeah. yeah, I see what you I, mean. Yeah. 
I've been calling them anger folk. <laughs> yeah. So that's a good one. Yeah, so I'm saying wherever you would put the Avid Brothers, I think Mountain Goats can fit too. And Anger Folk is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we're like, the, the lyrics are just super honest. And, and sometimes people scream. <laughs> yeah, sometimes people scream. It's really, it's really intense. Um, yep. Yeah, that, that, I think that's, yeah, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. Because I was going to say folk, but that didn't feel exactly right. Because like folk music kind of tends to have yeah. a little bit of like the kind of like old school traditional stuff and his really doesn't mm-hmm. um or even like a sense that's like a sentimentality to it which yeah um can happen in a mountain goat song there are songs that are you know about his children or whatever but but yeah i yeah i generally wouldn't call his music sentimental um yeah no but he's also um, just lyrically like a he writes books too doesn't he yes he's he's uh his yeah. second novel universal harvester just came out and it's very good um, did you finish it? I did. I did finish it. Um, it it's uh, it's an exercise in restraint. Like it, like the writing is so measured and so deliberate in trying to ca- capture the like midwestern, you know, just sort of restraint and not wanting to open up too much. Like it, it it's it's really good. Uh, Wolf and White Van. Okay. His, his first one is is really great too. Yeah, I, I haven't read it yet, but I have the copy that you got me, so I own it, but I have not read it yet. Right. Um, his, his, I mean, his lyrics are incredibly literate already, so, like, it's not a, it's not a surprise that he was going to be a really great author, too. My favorite lyric of his, and this is a little long, so, so it'll take a second, but it, it perfectly encompasses imagery, funny, grim, it, it's, uh, it's from a song called Autoclave, and it's, I dreamt that I was perched atop a throne of human skulls <laughs> on a cliff above the ocean, howling wind and shrieking seagulls. And the dream went on forever, one single static frame. Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. Wow. Um, so the thing we just said about folk, that's wrong. His music is fucking metal. <laughs> it's metal AF, dude. Like, that is that is <laughs> fucking metal as hell, dude. Right? <laughs> Dude, well, I mean, he's also like super oh, into awesome. metal. He was he was on uh, oh, yeah. Judge John Hodgman a couple years ago as an expert witness on heavy metal, and I was like, shit, th- like, wow, there's a lot. Like this dude knows a lot about heavy metal. That's insane. Yeah, I mean, he's like defending Hannibal Corpse and like black Swedish metal. I uh, he he played uh, a couple of Aussie songs the last time I saw him was just on the keyboard. Oh, that's awesome. And I said to him, I said to him after, I was like would you ever do Motorhead? And he's like, not in the cards, but I take Motorhead. <laughs> I saw, I saw Ween cover Motorhead and it was like, like right after Lemmy died and it was fucking awesome. Oh. What song? <laughs> uh, Ace of Spades. Um, okay. Which like, they have a song that's basically just a tribute to Ace of Spades anyway. Uh, so like mm. they fucking nailed it. Um, so anyway, well, sorry, we keep getting distracted from Tallahassee. <laughs> Uh, I know. Back to Tallahassee. Um, the thing that's really cool about Tallahassee, uh, not just that it's you know a great album and whatever, those two characters uh, were in his other songs. So there's a there's a definite thread. He he will do. I guess you'd call it a song series where like any song that starts with the word alpha, it'll be you know alpha incipient, alpha omega, whatever. Those are about that marriage. And so he goes, why don't they get their own album? And so chronologically the end of their marriage comes on a previous album and it's not called Alpha Omega, but just the 
scrutinized, you know, uh, version of, of yeah. what do these characters look like in isolation is Tallahassee. Hey, um, hold up for just just a second. The cat is peeing, and you will 100% yeah. hear it in a second. St- Stella is defo taking a shit right now. That's what I that's hope you're gonna leave all this in. scratching noise in the background is. We absolutely are gonna leave all this in. Yep, I was um, I was trying to set up I, a I was trying to set up a clean cut, but nope, just gonna just I gonna can, let it ride. I can I can smell it wafting over Skype. Bull. All right. Um, well, it's all right. She's not peeing. You're not gonna hear that. Continue. Um, you know, I I was introduced to the Mountain Goats through No Children. Um, at at what is ideally. The best time to be introduced to the Mountain Goats, and also the worst Freshman time. Freshman year of college. <laughs> very, very close. That is another time to be introduced to the Mountain Goats. That is very. I, I had the. I had a similar experience where I was introduced to Amy Mann senior year of high school, um, mm-hmm. and she's still one of my favorites. Oh, Bella, that's um, so stinky. Oh yeah, my 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 cat my cat uh, takes some some power poops. Oh. Um. Power poops. TM. TM 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 TM. It's so, a terrible, terrible energy drink. <laughs> Though I, you know, I, I, I saw them open for Voivod at Ozfest one year, and they were pretty good. Power poops or the mountain goats? Okay. Power poops. Got it. All right. Anyway, you were um, introduced also, to the mountain also, goats. Also, poops is spelled with a Z. So. Yeah. Yes. Got it. Uh, which also has an umlaut for some reason. Um, I was, I was introduced to the mountain goats at the best time, but also the worst time. Which was like in the throes of a breakup, and Uh-oh. and no, ch- my friend first sent me this year, uh, which is a great video. But then he sent me no children with the caveat of, hey, maybe be careful with this. <laughs> that's always good when someone sends you an album of music and says maybe be careful with it. Yeah, I mean that's perfect. That's the perfect yeah. encapsulation of good music. Oh yeah, that you would need to be careful yeah, with like- it. Oh yeah, and so don't I listen-, listen to this if you're operating heavy machinery. Oh yeah, like uh, the do, fir- not, do not keep too close to an open flame. The the first time I listened to Tallahassee, I was going to meet a friend uh, up at Rockefeller Center, and I found myself listening to and nearly crying uh, to I think maybe game shows touch our lives in the NBC mm-hmm. Experience Store. <laughs> While wow. looking at Lil, while looking at Lil Sebastian T-shirts, I actually that love really that is one the too. The best and worst time. Oh yeah, I I I I fucking like uh, my friend Dan fucking nailed it with the timing of of that uh, introducing that to my life. I also that song is um, interesting to me because that there he doesn't really he he plays the lyrics of that album really smartly because it almost works kind of like a screenplay where like sure that song is. They're they're okay. Like they're ha- watching TV and they're having fun, but like they're drinking too much, and they yep. just know like we're gonna fight about something at any point. We're okay now, but like we both know shit's gonna go down. So let's enjoy while we're just watching Jeopardy and not. And then you get to you know Oceanographer's Choice, and they they may literally be fist fighting. It's less oh, yeah. ambiguous. But. Oh yeah. What I I that song has one of my favorite lyrics of his, which is the. Um, People say friends don't destroy one another. What do they know about friends? Because I have had the yes. worst fights of my life with the people that I love the most. <laughs> like, yep. yeah. What What's uh, the What's the one that has the line? Uh, Our love is like the border between Greece and Albania. Small arms traffic blues. I think. God, that's a good. That's a good fucking song title. It's 
something like that. Yeah. He is incredibly good at song titles. His song titles fucking rule. Um, actually I, uh, in the, the play we did for fringe last year, I had a joke, uh, in one of the segments. Um, it was about a fake theme park and there was like a, a PA announcement about their parade that day was going to be called hast thou considered the Tetra parade, uh, a musical, a musical marching band tribute to the music of John Daniel and the Mountain Goats. Uh, it is not recommended for children under the age of twelve or visitors with moderate to severe personality disorders. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, here's the weird thing about the Mountain Goats is I've, I've first of all, if you're at the party where everyone's passing around a guitar, I have stopped parties cold oh, yeah. by playing up the walls. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Shit got a little real. Um, yeah. Second, I've, I've I've often had a hard time convincing people to try the Mountain Goats because I, like a lot of people, sometimes will describe them wrong. Like, yeah. this is great to listen to when like you're just so fucking miserable and you just want to purge. Like, I tried to get I tried to get Angel to listen to them for the longest time, and he's like, Yeah, I'm gonna stick over here, not uh, scraping. Uh, my fingernails into my arm in a cutting style. Thank you. Oh yeah. And well, then they he, did an he, album about wrestling, and they got they got him into it that way. Yeah, the wrestling albums. Well, I mean, I think you have to be a certain kind of, and and I know you and I are both this person, Alex. But I'm the kind of person that I listen like a lot of people. You know, when they're miserable or they're sad or whatever, they want to listen to something like upbeat and happy that'll like make them happy. When I'm miserable and sad, I want to fucking steep in it and like get even yes. more angry and then just like get it out of my system. And that's not—it's not a thing everybody does. Oh yeah. I I had I had a show go so bad a couple of weeks ago where like everyone was killing. I go up, pin drop silence. After it had already happened like a year ago at the same show, and I was like, that won't happen twice, and it did. I left. First thing I did, right to the saddest parts of Hamilton, like <laughs> bam, Philip's dead. I need it's quiet uptown right now, and just straight through to the end. And then back it back up, and not to the beginning, back to the sketch. Yeah, I just yeah. need to purge. Yeah, oh, are you kidding? So this this weird little Mountain Goats I playlist I have is what I listen to, like, when I have the yeah. worst days. I'm like, I'm just gonna get mad about it. I've, I've got the playlist right here. Oh, I, well, I don't know if it's, it's not okay. my called down one, but we can also put it in the, the notes. Yeah, the this, notes. this was the, what I, what I have called the short and sloppy Mountain Goats playlist. Uh, okay. Which consists of, you know, in no particular order. I just grabbed them from uh, records. Uh, the Legend of Chavo Guerrera, The Diaz Brothers, uh, Amy A.K.A. Okay. Spent Gladiator 1, uh, Cry for Judas and Harlem Roulette, which are all from Transcendental Youth, Dance Music in This Year from The Sunset Tree, uh, which is the most danceable album about, you know, abusive parents that's maybe ever been and made. And drugs. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude, dude. Child abuse never sounded so sweet. It's just... <laughs> Uh, Hast Thou Considered the Tetrapod, Love, 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 Pale Green Things, Damn These Vampires, Estate Sale Sign and Never Quite Free from All Eternals Deck, which I love, but a lot of people have either not listened to. Um, Lovecraft in Brooklyn, which is the song that he may or may not have performed uh, at some swamp gas. Um, And also, I may or may not have been extra mad because he played that, which is one of my favorites, and also In the Craters of the Moon, which is from the same album, which is called Heretic Pride, which may or may not be their uh, most underrated album, if any of that had actually happened. Um, then we got Woke Up New, First Few Desperate Hours, and No Children from Tallahassee, and uh, Death Metal Band, and Fall of the High School, Star High School uh, Running Back, 
and Jenny from All Hail West Texas. The thing I, the thing I like about the West Texas songs is they're all real, just amazing short stories. Mm-hmm. Um, just, yeah, I mean, specifically um, high school running even if back. They're, even if they're not, even if they're not narrative, like they're still they're a slice of life kind of thing. Like the one about him raising raising a nine day old baby. Uh, there's Jenny, which is just I don't know. I guess you're don't want to go home to your parents, but you have a cool girlfriend with a motorcycle. And then, of course, the ones that actually are explicitly stories, like uh, High School Running Back. Because as we all know, selling acid was a bad idea. Selling it to a cop is a worse one. one. That's, that's, that's another one of those just phenomenal turns yeah. in a story that is so simple but and says so much the, in one line. The weird, uh, yeah. the weird turn of the minor there, that is one of the music things I do really yep. like. There's like a really minor turn there for a second. Yeah. Um, my sh- sh- cut down version is only 16 of those songs. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> now, what's interesting is that you opened up top with like five really uplifting Mountain Goat songs oh, the, and then turned the dial. Oh, I just was going reverse chronologically. Yeah, they weren't in order and it's fine because I listen to things on random much to his annoyance. Um, like some sort which, of plebe. Which, which, yeah, which, which me and Brandon cannot fathom. No. I know. Like you two and uh, Allie Gertz has also yelled at me on Twitter about it. Oh, Allie's yelled at you about it? <laughs> Well, she specifically was. I think she's made some tweet about like people who listen to things on random are are like fucking trash people. I was like, you rang. It has it has been the biggest struggle in our looming marriage. Yeah. Uh, the fact that she hits shuffle ever. <laughs> but usually they're on playlists <laughs> that I made. Irrelevant. <laughs> they're not on albums. Doesn't matter. Once a, a playlist is sacrosanct. Not the way I make would them. You, then you're would you making them wrong. And then just, would you make a movie and then just watch it out of order? If it were just a series of random clips that I threw in there in the order in which I found them, yes. I, if they were already not in an order, why does it matter if I'm putting them in not a different order? <laughs> I actually used to kind of do that with Big Lebowski on my iPad. I'd just like drop the needle on it on the subway and watch a random 20 minutes. So I'm a hypocrite is what I'm saying. Well, no, that's not exactly the same. But yeah, I mean, my thing is that if I didn't put, I didn't make it in an order to begin with. So if it was already not in an order, what does it matter if I listen to it in a different not order? Honey, I love you, but you're not going to win this. (laughs) (laughs) You're you're literally outnumbered. Yes. (laughs) Unless, unless the two cats are on your side. I'm not talking about something that's curated. If you make me something that's curated and it's supposed to be in an order, I'll listen to it in that order. <laughs> well, I you know I did make a curated one. I know, but um, that was very long, so, so and I couldn't get through it all. So, so what you're saying is mixtapes start at conception. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that one took him a second. It was a slow burn. There, there is, there is hashtag a better oh. way to make a to make a mixtape. Um, yeah. Also, for that split second where it was taking you to get that, I was like. Oh, I've made a terrible mistake. No, it just took him a second. Yeah, that that that. Was, I watched oh. it. I watched it dawn on him. It was beautiful to see in person. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that that'll uh, that'll that'll. Ha- oh, so so the curated one I made. Oh God, uh, you can't read it. It's like forty fucking songs. Oh yeah, that is pretty long. Uh, <laughs> never mind. Never mind. It's basically the same songs. We're not going to turn this podcast into Brandon reads a list of Mountain Goat songs. It's basically the same songs, yeah, only I toss De Laudat in there. That's, That's really. Good. I, I love that song because um, there's two different versions of it. There's one on the like crazy, you know, triple B sides of the Sunset Tree 
uh, where it's him playing it in the original guitar, and then the one on the album is just strings because he has. A, I don't know if he was working with him. Yeah, he's got a he's got a string arranger that has worked with him on a few songs, and sometimes like uh, on the Lauded or San Bernardino, there's no guitar. He just takes out the guitar. He just leaves oh, yeah. the string parts, and it can be really beautiful. Well, I think that's what's going to be interesting. Um, Part of, partly why we're doing this podcast right now is uh, his next album, Goths, comes out uh, this Friday on Merge Records, mm-hmm. uh, one of one of my absolute favorite record labels. Uh, everything I've ever listened to that's on Merge has been fucking dope. Uh, so Merge Records, thumbs up. Um, but the uh, this record isn't going to have guitar at all. Uh, yeah, I, which I, I read that and I was like, hmm. Which, like, I think is an interesting choice, but, like, he's also, he's at the stage now where, like, a lot of his, excuse me, a lot of his records have had concepts, but now it's, it's like, getting even more specific, like, oh, yeah, last time was the wrestling album. Now's the album about goths with no guitars. Um, and I think yeah. it'll be really interesting, because, like, when he announced uh, he's doing a record entirely about wrestling, I was like, I have never watched wrestling ever. I have no real... I was fascinated by it, but I didn't have the interest to, like, go, like, actually get into it. I like talking with people yeah, about I, wrestling. Uh, um, I, I never had much love for wrestling because watching it doesn't really entertain me because I'm sure. just too aware that it's fake. But but after I read John Darnielle's list of favorite wrestling promos, I kind of got a little more into that because it's basically just monologues and just oh, watching yeah. what a wrestler does. Like, Randy Savage was really funny. I didn't realize that he made good jokes and stuff. Oh, know? yeah, Randy Savage and rules. Had a, he had a weird charisma, and he's probably like, he probably, you know, they probably had to digitize out the coke blob in his nose like Neil Young in the last <laughs> waltz. And, um, uh, so so I, the thing I love about um, that record, and I think it, it's telling of, of uh, it's also kind of a, a thing that other you know, filmmakers can do with, with genre is that record is about wrestling, but it's really about isolation and working until your body falls apart and stuff like that. Wrestling's the jumping off point. So oh, yeah. never in a Mountain Goats uh, song, album, whatever, will the concept just sort of hang there and jerk itself off for being a concept. Yeah. It's always secondary to the emotions that that concept can serve in the character, yeah, which I really appreciate. It's not a I Roger Waters know, solo album. <laughs> I mean, as, as you know from, from certain comedy or movies that I don't enjoy, I will go with any concept, but not if the entire you know scene is just the concept being really thrilled with itself for being there. Yep. But if it's made into something, you know, <laughs> Sorry, human, I'm, I'm all aboard. I'm all aboard. So what you're saying is you didn't enjoy La La Land? I didn't see it yet, but... I didn't see it yet either. I feel like I'm either gonna I'm either gonna love it or I'm going to track down Damien Chazelle and murder him. You're gonna burn the my two reactions. If you'd have seen it in the theater, you would have burned the theater to the ground. Really? What we're saying is Alex and I don't like Wes Anderson, um, among other things, or that French guy, that French guy that's really into fucking like floating bubbles and uh, Audrey Tattoo or whatever the fuck her name is. Oh, Michelle Michelle Gondry. Yes, thank you. Michelle Gondry. I got, I, I did really I tell you, music video, did I tell but. you that I got a flat 33 seconds into Amelie and then went, nope, and bailed? 
Yes, and then now when I see the Amelie musical, I always think of you. I'm like, I wonder how much I would have to pay her to sit and watch the whole thing. Ugh. Well, I mean, it, it could happen. I got her to come to a Decemberist show a couple years ago. Did you? I don't remember. Yeah, yeah at the Greek. Oh, I you just, like, blocked met, it yeah. out. I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> I got into the Decemberist and the Mountain Ghost at about the same time. Yes, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was... It was right when I moved to Park Slope, which I believe was, like, the beginning of us being, like, really hardcore friends. Yeah. We knew each other before then, but then I moved to Park Slope, and we were basically neighbors, so we did stuff all the time. Yeah. I'm okay. And just telling of my mental state, Decembers and Mountain Goats were just what I played all the time. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I had the same thing. Not, where not, like, a, not in a fun mood. Yeah, no, I, I had the same thing where, like, the during that, during that, that breakup, it was the Decembers, the Mountain Goats— and I got really into Moral Oral, which uh, uses some Mountain Goats tracks and is like the bleakest fucking show you've ever seen. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. I, I've only seen one before the Mountain Goats get brought in, but I, I loved that show from li- what little I saw of it because it, it is that same thing. It's just really absurdly bleakly funny. Oh, you know? yeah. Which like, is my feet. Like, like I, I would very much like to think that that's what I do with my jokes. I don't know if I'm succeeding, but like, sure. there's a there's a definite thing in my head when I'm on stage. Like, because I worry all day, every day. Like, am I going to say something that's going to hurt someone? Am I going to look stupid? Or so if I can say the worst thing I can conjure, but everyone's happy I did it. Like I'm free. Sure, I completely get that. That's kind of like that's kind of like my mission, and I feel like that might be his too. Maybe not for the same reason, but just that like I remember he went on Colbert, and he's like, and Colbert was like, "Yeah, what's with all the sad, dude?" And he's like, "Well, if you just start out sad, like you can only go up. Like, what are you gonna do to me if I've already said, you know, uh, was a lyric? Uh, uh, Every moment leads toward its own sad end, like." I can only get more optimistic once I've accepted that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's very true. Um, yeah. Um, now you're just both, like, stewing in it. Yeah. No, I was just trying to think of some other, like, particularly dark or bleak or sad lyrics. You know, I, I, I try to do yeah, the same I, thing but, like, with... like, not all of them are dark and bleak and sad. Oh, not. Like, some of them are really funny. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, a lot, a yeah. lot of his songs are hilarious. Um, and he's and super his, funny on his, stage, too. Like I think I think yeah, him dude. and they might be giants who are um, my favorite band that's not called Fish, um, are the same. Like they're they're all just fucking hilarious on stage. And I would watch I, a show that I was just them talking. To, dude, I would listen to an album that was just the intro to Mountain Goat songs. He is so funny. And, oh yeah. Um, like like uh, I can you know he he played a song from the land before time at a show I went to unironically by the way because he genuinely loved it and he was breaking down it was a, I guess it was one of, when one of the straight to video sequels where some dinosaur comes in and is like huckstery trying to convince him there's like a great beyond where they're all gonna go and it's gonna be I think so that's awesome. the first one basically like a like a, is it yeah oh, that's I the first know. one I'm not, I'm not well versed in the land before time if you can't tell I um, love those movies but so and and Petrie so in the streets, the like, Ducky well, in the sheets. I hate you. Yeah, and 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 he goes, well, this this character, she's not cynical, but she needs more evidence to believe in this beyond before she's going to be sold on it. And then he's playing it as the end, like, and oh, he's like uh, he he explained what he was playing. I think he was about to play, play Transcendental Youth, and this is the show we went on. And he's like, 
Yeah, this song is a testament to the fact that if none of us got laid in high school, we would have slit our throats in the quad, which would have been terrible. I mean, cinematically, it would have been amazing, but <laughs> don't. Um, there, there, there used to be a clip on YouTube uh, that I'm going to hold for this motorcycle. Damn, Hang on, our show just got everything. awesome as fuck. Um, yeah, no, that, that I'm, sure, break. I'm, I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure that dude has an awesome dick. Um, there used to be a clip on YouTube of him performing No Children. Uh, I think it's like Cat's Cradle somewhere in North Carolina. And he introduces the, the song. Is clearly tipsy. Um, I, I, I don't recall, but, um, he, he op- a cigarette. maybe, uh, he opens by saying like, all right, this next song is the song to sing. When the time comes and you're, you're going to know the time has come because you're not going to feel like singing, but you should do it anyway. <laughs> it's like, yes. He, uh, he, he, he said to, to add on to that, he once said like, there's going to come a day where no children isn't funny anymore. And I'm like, Oh, what does that mean? Can't yeah. be good. The, the other, the other thing I, I, I appreciate about, about John Darnielle is, is that he is a very big deadhead, which you wouldn't. Yeah, you of course. Wouldn't... Now that's twice we've had to bring it back around to the dead. Oh yeah, you you wouldn't expect him to be a deadhead, but like uh, the last show I saw, he talked about like you know some bands do like one song encores, but then there are like those Grateful Dead encores where you play like five or six songs for like forty five minutes, and we're gonna do one of those. <laughs> He was also like tweeting the other day. FaceTime. Say what? I said that's not even including FaceTime. Yeah, Ugh. no one's favorite part of the show: space and drums. Um, nope. And uh, or like a couple days ago, he was tweeting about uh, the Cornell show, and then started tweeting about a piece of stage banter he heard in another show that like the stage banter was hilarious, but also his comments on it were hilarious. So like, yeah, I you know I I I love that. This dude is an amazing songwriter, but also, like, knows what the best, best version of Jack Straw is. So, like... He, um, he played a dead song... I don't remember what it was called. It was St. Stephen. He played a city winery. It was, yes, it was. You're right. I, I, have that, there's, um, I have a recording of that. It's really good. And I, lo- I love the way that he oh, breaks of the, down... Of, of, the, of the city winery show? Yeah. Oh, that's the... I went to both of those shows, so you can... Briefly, you hear me make a comment that he responded back to, not heckling, but like he had two, there's two positions, one where he's in front of the mic with the guitar and the one at the uh, uh, keyboard. And he's like, guys, it's time for me. I know you're, none of you are going to like it. It's time for me to go to position two. And you were like, yay. Or like, oh, and I just started going, two, two, two. And he goes, just realized all the beers at position one, though. <laughs> so you you can kind of hear me do that, and uh... so um, wrapping up, are, are there any uh, mountain goats related topics that we didn't get to that you would like to discuss? Uh, our um, dearest hang guest. On, let me, I, I I I wrote a note in my phone that I'm checking because I, as as you may know about me, I plan way too hard for shit, so yep. I. Uh, Shotgunned a bunch of their albums and a bunch of your episodes. Let me see if I missed anything. Anger folks nailed it. Uh, <laughs> we mentioned the Sunset Tree being a, 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 like abuse survivor. Dance uh, dance music is, I think, uh, one of my favorites on there because the lyrics are literally just 
A story. Uh, it's, it's like a it's like a police report of what happened to him, but the <laughs> tune is so jumpy. I love um, that song too. Talk about that. I, yeah, I think you're right about uh, about it feeling like a police report, and that a lot of his mm-hmm. a lot of his best lyrics, especially on Sunset Tree, can feel kind of like dispassionate, I guess, or like like it's just a report of an event rather than like here was the emotion behind it. Like, uh, what's oh, what's mm-hmm. that line at the end of this year? Um, the thing um, about like downshift as I pull into the driveway, the motor screams out second gear. The scene ends badly, as you might imagine. Yeah, in a cavalcade of anger and tears. Yeah, the 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 scene ends badly, as you might imagine, is like so evocative, but also very kind of cold and like almost well, it's, like a it's, documentary. It's that, kind of, it's that kind of thing where it's it's like you know shit in a horror movie is scarier when you can't see it. So you gotta imagine what happened and then you can glean from other songs on that album what probably happened like lion's tooth is probably like the grimace on that and it's just a big metaphorical revenge fantasy against the stepdad imagined as this like lion asleep at the car and he's trying to yank out his tooth while it's screaming and stuff oh yeah his uh, his episode yeah. of his episode of mark Marin's show is amazing like it's it's an incredible interview yeah. And it's a lot of it is about the abuse and stuff that Sunset Tree is about. And it is it is a very difficult listen, but it's also yeah. really kind of amazing. Like just how and forthright said, and open about it he, he is. He said something really uh, that kind of connects to what we were talking about of just like steeping yourself in bad for to get better. at. He has that moment where he got kicked out of the house by his, his parents because – he got, uh, I guess his father hit him so bad, and it was like the last straw, and they came into his room, and he just punched the window, and he's like, I was bleeding, but I felt amazing. Whoa. Because it was now on the outside, and I showed them what it felt like to be in that situation, and it was all externalized. There was a, there was so, a very similar, I, yeah. there was a very similar interview recently on Bullseye with Jesse Thorne, which is another, uh great podcast subscribe to us but then also subscribe to bullseye with jesse thorne um where he interviewed this guy uh phil elverham i think is the dude's last name he records uh under the name mount erie and his wife uh passed away from cancer within the last couple years and he wrote this record uh something the title has something to do with crows i think uh that is just these very like specific almost documentary, you know, recaps of just what it's been like since his wife has died. And, like, he recorded it in the mm-hmm. room where she died, like, with her instruments. And the the interview is absolutely incredible, but it's so hard to listen to. Like, I, I listened to about yeah. 10, 15 minutes before they even got to the, like, really heartbreaking stuff. And I was like, I, I need to stop because I'm just going to start crying right now. And I don't want to be... Crying on my way to UCB. <laughs> crying on my way to UCB, though, would be the title of your memoir. So. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> we, we were um, we were watching Thirty Rock a while back. I've and... long said that mine is. I'm sorry for that noise I just made. <laughs> yep. We were we were watching Thirty Rock a while back, and there was a scene in a stairwell at the the studio where they filmed it, and I was just like, oh, I've 100 percent cried in that stairwell. <laughs> Um, but were you listening uh, to the Mountain Goats? Thing, 
yeah. there is there is a um, chance. Uh, the thing about Mountain Goats that, like I was saying, I was trying to get other people on board when they wouldn't because it sounded too sad. Honestly, when I listen to his music, I'm not sad. Oh, yeah. I find his music fun. It takes the back door to being fun, but I, I find it refreshing in that way. Yeah, And same. I find it more funny than I find it sad, even though some things, you know, first listen, you're like, oh, that destroyed me. But yeah, like, absolutely. The fact that he has, the fact that it's on an album at all means that he has the perspective where he's already conquered it and the way he addresses it you you can tell that the song is a big part of the reason of why he was able to conquer it like that's his tool so i don't really get all that bummed out when i listen to him i feel like his music is you know like a healthy step in the right direction for dealing with the subject matter that he talks about. Oh, absolutely. So I listen to Mountain Ghost and I'll have a great time. I don't get really all that sad, you know. Oh yeah, no. Oh, yeah. I it never it never like depresses me. Yeah. It sometimes fuels yeah. me, it sometimes helps me work some stuff out. Uh Yeah, I think we kinda like we, we hit really hard on the like darkness of the lyrics, but like no, it's super fun. Yeah. Um Yeah. He makes darkness fun. That's what he does. The ver- the I very- appreciate I appreciate media that's gonna wreck me though. Like in general. Yes. yes. Uh, the very the very last song I would like to talk about is a song from an EP he did with Khaki King, uh, called okay. "Thank You Mario, But Your Princess Is in Another Castle," and it's a song okay. from the point of view of Toad waiting to get rescued. Uh, in you know one of bowser's castles and then you know to say the one thing he has to say thank you mario but your princess is in in another castle and it's it's like it's about the like fear of being alone and being isolated and not knowing what's going to happen and like waiting for someone to come save you that you're not sure if they're going to make it but it's also it's a song about the fucking mario brothers and it's it really to me is a perfect distillation of what he does well it's this it's emotional it's beautiful but it's also about a fucking video game, you know? I waited here all by myself The room was dark and it smelled like sulfur I heard the screams from way down in the darkness Felt pretty sure my life was over I kept my hat on just for luck Sang simple tunes the whole night through I wondered if I'd wake to find myself in flames as I waited here for you Yeah, when you came in I could breathe again I, Yeah, I want to see the album like not unlike the Sunset Tree but Toad is the character Ooh <laughs> not, not in an abuse way but like in a feelings way just i want to i want more i want toad to have a tallahassee with like one of those little turtle things oh i mean the, the, yeah 
Um, the, the song That's what the turtle things are. They're Koopas. Yeah, no. Um, yeah. The, 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 the record would have to be called Alpha Mushroom Kingdom. <laughs> it would. Alpha, alpha, tanu- right. alpha Tanuki Suit. All right. And, and on really, that it, it note. Would, it would really just be about alcoholism. Oh my god! A, a, a song about the, a song about Toad and his wife having a screaming fight before the cart race. I'm cutting you off because you're about to make Mario sad for me, and I like Mario, and I don't want you to ruin it. I get very easily sad when Brandon posits horrible things happening to things that I enjoy. Oh yeah, the, I I, kn- I know I'm in the right track, and that something I'm writing or a joke I've made has an emotional impact because it, she'll off she'll be like, no, that makes me sad. I'll be like, good. I'm, I'm, I'm. No, I hate it. It makes me sad. I'm on the right track. All right. I don't well, want to do. Well, I don't. Uh, I don't want to talk about uh, this joke on, anymore. On, on that note, I know often when I'm on the right track when I give it to Brandon, he's like, "Okay." Um, yeah, maybe dial it back. Uh, let's... <laughs> maybe, maybe yeah. make it two steps less evil. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm hearing two steps more evil, and you're like. Not what I said. Yeah, Honey, no. that is oh. what you hear, but it's okay. That's why we love you anyway. Um, so is there anything you would like to you would like to plug? I mean, it's going sure. up tomorrow. Um, so anything you're doing coming up this week or oh, after that? I got a show in New Jersey. I got a. Uh, I just got a bunch of shows that should be on my uh, Facebook and stuff. I got a thing in New Jersey coming up. Uh, I want to plug my podcast, Modern Day Philosophers, that is almost at a million downloads. Damn! Congrats! And. Got a shout out on the onions the day I called them cranky assholes. So that was nice. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Admittedly, that could be any day. Yes, it could. Um, some of the some of the most I intense another... disagreements we've ever had have been about the onion in the AV club. Yeah. Yeah. Let's not even start that. That's a whole other. Podcast yeah, that's a different podcast too. What else you got going on? Yeah. Um, I got another podcast that was on uh, CBS for a while now as a dependent called uh, The Mostly Bull Market, which is with the same host, but it's finance instead of philosophy. And uh, I may be starting a web series with uh, your friend and mine, Mallory Keeney. Uh, the working title is called That'll Never Work, Let's Do It, where people submit terrible web series titles to us and we just have to try to make it work. I I submitted what that would look like. I submitted to them yesterday ASM Arby's. <laughs> and we wrote it down. And, and I straight up said, like, if you guys don't make it, I will make it for you. All right. Well, if people did want to come find your shows and stuff and your info, where can they find you on the internet? I'm at A Fasella, A F O S S E L L A on Twitter, and my Facebook is just Alex Fasella. is easy to find. I'm one of three Alex Fasellas on there, and I'm the one with the microphone looking desperate. So, oh, fancy. And I have all my gigs on there, so. Cool. All right. Brandon? Uh, yeah, I can be found all over the internet uh, at Hell Yes Brandon. Um, my sketch team. The Pinup Squirrels uh, just had our first show at Second City last night that went uh, super well. Um, and we've got our next show coming up the second Saturday of June, whatever day that may be, uh, at Second City in Hollywood for $10. Um, I think that's... The 10th, June 10th. Yeah, June 10th. Um, I th- we will do many shows before then, so we'll yeah, talk about it I, again. I, th- I think that's all I have to promote. I think cool. that's all I... Yeah, I think that's all I have. All right. Oh, you know what? Uh, fucking go to uh, 
Twitter.com slash Diblert Comics. Oh my God, no, don't start Diblert again, please. I'm, I'm thinking oh, to start. I love Diblert. Diblert. I love it so much. Diblert uh, came about where I was really stoned and I, I mispronounced Dilbert in my head as Diblert and giggled like an idiot for about three minutes <laughs> and then drew him. And then I started making comic strips that were really badly drawn Dilbert strips where where the character of Diblert, uh, his full name, Diblert Officeman, uh, just screams Scott Adams-y, uh, red pill, you know, alt-right MRA bullshit. MRA non-shit. Um, oh, it's the best. The, the punchline of most, uh, most of the strips is him just yelling <laughs> cuck at someone. And... I that's, stopped. All I, that's all I need. The very last it's one I did so was great. the very last one I did was the Christmas special where uh, the Virgin Mary gave birth to Diblert, um, <laughs> and I just I haven't been entirely sure how to do it in now that we're f- fully in the Trump era, but I'm thinking of bringing Diblert like, back. I, I feel like not unlike my racist toaster, this is the time we need Diblert the most. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, that was the other thing. We we made a, re- a web series a few years ago called My Racist Toaster. Alex and uh, Alex, and Alex and I, Brandon, did. Uh, that he he wrote and I uh, co-wrote and directed. Um, that you can find on the YouTube's and uh, Channel One Hundred One, uh, which I now have a sort of complicated relationship with because we have Nazis in the White House. So like I don't. It's it's rough, <laughs> but they're 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 fun well, episodes. My my thinking was always. Uh, the show is squarely anti-racist because I found a way to distill the racist personality in the most shrill, ridiculous way I could because that's what racism sounds like to me. It sounds like toaster shrieking. Yeah, basically, absolutely. With their little toastery mouths. So yeah. I, I still think we're, we were uh, on the side of good. Yeah, oh, absolutely. That. Plus, it all came from a R.I.P. Vine. Came from a <laughs> came yeah. from a Vine video originally. Mm-hmm. All right, R.I.P. Vine. You could have been a Vine star, but but no, no, because you weren't you weren't fourteen. No. Yeah. All right. No. Well, you can find me on the internet at Girladactyl everywhere. Um, now that the play I was stage managing is over, I don't really know what to do with myself. Uh, so I don't really have anything to plug. I'm stage managing a few fringe shows. Hollywood Fringe starts soon, so if you're in Hollywood, go check it out. There's like 200 shows. It's insane. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just going to, like, sleep and hopefully find more clients. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, you can follow the podcast. Uh, I'll go listen to some Mountain Goats about it. I'm going to listen to some Mountain Goats about it. Uh, you can follow us on the podcast online on Facebook and Twitter uh, at, at, at Pod. You can also email us if you have a uh, um episode idea which obviously we can now record remotely make, uh, uh, make sure you you follow uh, uh, you subscribe to the show on itunes uh if you could give us a five-star rating or leave a review it'd be super helpful that's how you get like featured that's how you know the word gets out and uh we don't care lie and say it's a five-star show whatever and you can call me and ask me how to do that mom it's fine um <laughs> i was not done though you can email us at intuitpod at gmail.com was the end of my sentence. But he is correct about the subscribing and the liking and the sharing. And yeah, thanks so much for being on with us, Alex, and being our, being our uh, remote guinea pig. 
Yeah. Uh, one more, one more thing before we go. Yeah. Um, get me out of this well. Yeah, and we got to get him out of the well, guys. All uh, right. Let's get those fifteen hundred downloads. Thanks, as always, to uh, Kalen West and Tiny Stills for the use of our theme song, starting uh, <laughs> starting over is a lot like giving up from the album Falling is like flying. She is still doing her Kickstarter for their new album. I think um, they're getting close. I think they're getting close. I think they're like 60% funded, but you should definitely go check that out on Kickstarter. Uh, they're awesome. And uh, thanks so much for listening. Yeah. Uh, so the going to close the show the way we do with every other show. Bones, 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 bones. Oh, you mean with me telling you that your joke isn't funny and then announcing that the podcast is over? Podcast over. Okay. (laughs)